basically um, how I got started with travel. Um, yeah, so obviously me and Ryan, uh, we grew up together um, in Yamana and I think it was I think it was my first year of uni, you know, like that classic gap year that Aussies have um, during uni. I took one of those with my partner Hayley. Um, and yeah, we went to Europe for about a year and I think initially when we first started that trip it was always going to be like a you know like a uh, this is like the big trip um this is like you know uh we're going to get to see the world we're going to get to like experience travel and then come back and um you know finish off uni and mm-hmm. you know like start a normal life i guess but yeah um i don't know i think ever since that trip ever since that trip that was definitely where like travel was really like cemented as part of my life like i got back and the only thing I could think about was travel, you know, like I got back to university and I was just like, oh, I can't wait for that next trip. And I think you were traveling at the same t- at that time when I got back, weren't you? I think you were in Canada. Oh, yeah, that would have been, yeah, yeah, that was like super early on, like my first first trip to Canada, yeah, when I was just doing the backpacking with Sam and, and Fallon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is and that... you'd already been to Europe before, um, well, obviously before my first trip. Um, and then, yeah, I think you were in Canada at the time. But yeah, anyways, I got back and then I finished off another, I think it was one more se- one more semester of uni. And then after that, I think it was when you, um, I think you were in New Zealand at that stage, after that first semester back. And then I came and saw you and I was just like, it was just like a little um, spontaneous bike trip in New Zealand. I went and stayed with you for a couple of weeks and I was just like, no, nah, this is this is pretty much what I want to do <laughs> full time. Yeah. I want to figure out a way that I can... Uh, a way that I can make money online and just you know like just keep traveling like I just fell in love with it straight away yeah I think it's more like the I guess the freedom um did you find when you were traveling yeah Europe... just the freedom the ability oh sorry you go mate finish up no you go I was gonna say I was you... just gonna say yeah, I just fell in love with the freedom the, the the ability to just you know just like keep growing you know like facilitate opportunities for growth for learning and you know experience new things every day like I just got hooked on that idea and I just got hooked on that lifestyle and I was like yeah surely there's a way to just keep doing this um but also you know like have a purpose behind it but yeah that was that was pretty much where it got where it was all started yeah travel is kind of like organized chaos eh like you can plan as much as you want but you can't plan like how you're going to feel about it or the things that like happen to you the most randomest things happen do you oh, feel definitely. I think that's the best part. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's the addictiveness, I feel, is like the stepping out of the norm. Because in the nine to five, most things are, you know, semi-predictable. You kind of know what your job's going to be. You kind of know when you've got to get there and get home. And then I feel like the addictiveness is that, like, I don't know, that dopamine hit. <laughs> Maybe that's how social media works. You never know what's coming next on the feed. Um, wait, I was gonna, I was going to ask... <laughs> Do you reckon with Europe, like when you and Haley went, because you obviously being born in Sweden, do you reckon when you went back, you kind of already knew what you're in for? And did you still have that like romantic and like kitty, like kid in the candy store feeling when you got to Europe? Like, whoa, this is insane. The architecture and the language and the food and the, um, the, the history. And there's like, there's streets here that are, you know, a hundred, hundreds or th- even thousands of year old churches. Like, do you felt like, you were seeing it for the first time as well as Haley, like, or do you feel like you could see that she was seeing it for the first time, kind of thing? Oh, definitely. Um, well, when for that first trip, um, 
basically like where I grew up, I grew up in like rural Sweden. So like I pretty much just grew up with countryside, you know, like not really typical Europe, not really get to, I didn't really get to see much of, you know, like typical European lifestyle, like yeah, okay. the things you were talking about, like awesome architecture and stuff like that. So for me, it was, everything was all brand new as well, man. And so it was pretty much the same. And I think that's the reason why it was just so, so awesome. Like I didn't know what to expect on that first trip. Um, you know, it's different, different to the different travel style to the way I do it now. Like, um, yeah, yeah, you know, like spend my time mostly in the outdoors, but that, that, that first trip was, um, everything was just so new, like different languages, you know, every second day. Um, like you said, like it's awesome architecture and with, and I definitely saw everything with new eyes, exactly like, yeah. Emily, like we were both just blown away. And I think, I think not only just the, the fact like that we we're in like Europe, it was just all, it was just mostly the fact that we were like in a new place, you know, like stick, meeting new people, you know, like we, as you know, like we grew up in, um, well, after we moved to Australia, I grew up in Yumana in, on the central coast of Australia. It's quite a small, quite a small town. Like you pretty much know most of the people in the town or, you know, so many familiar faces and just to all of a sudden just be transported into a world where like everything is brand new and yeah. everyone, like you're meeting new people speaking new languages and everyone's from different cultures and different backgrounds. It's just, I think that that's what got us hooked to be honest. And I think, yeah, I think we both got hooked from those from those same aspects was that the same trip you went to iceland with jacko and slept in the back of that car was that on that europe trip <laughs> yeah it was man that's, oh my god yeah yeah no wonder you got hooked because <laughs> <laughs> oh man i missed i missed those uh those like spontaneous ultra low budget just like <laughs> no idea what's going on but yeah just living for the adventure I was just talking to my so good. I was just talking to my brother before and I didn't even realize that he'd been down to Tasmania while I'd been in Canada and he's like um oh yeah we didn't have any we didn't book any accommodation like we booked the flight 8 hours before and ended up like sleeping in the forest in our tents and sleep bags and I was like man I haven't done like a hectic old school adventure like that in so long <laughs> it was kind of funny to like get reminded oh, of those old like yeah traveling in the the back of a car for how long was it two weeks or something with Jacko and like sleeping in freezing cold conditions and just living out of a car in Iceland is pretty a pretty epic adventure yeah it wasn't um <laughs> it wasn't uh it wasn't very well planned but I think I think that's what made it a pretty cool one you know like that was like I said before that first big trip that's what cemented travel for me I think that yeah. really rounded it off as well yeah just, um like I think we got there and we had we didn't have much money left over from from the trip like I think we were like how old are we like 20 years 20 years old or something like that with not much savings left over after living in Europe for a year uh, I think most of our budget was like 85 85% of it was about it was probably for the car itself and the rest was just like oh my god trying to eat like instant noodles just eating meager in the car like we went <laughs> <laughs> we knew that like uh, uh, like sleeping gear and hiking gear and like back like sleeping bags everything like that would be really expensive in Iceland so before we got there we we were in Sweden at the time, I think. Yeah, we're in Sweden, and we 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 went to like a um, oh, decathlon, like a cheap like oh, outdoor store, yeah. and we bought like the cheapest sleeping bags we could get. I think we got like a a bag that was rated to like ten positive degrees Celsius, and then we got we got to Iceland and we slept in a car for like three weeks, 
um, in in like minus twenty in some <laughs> in some spots. I, I nearly got. Um, so I never forget one of the first nights. I didn't know how to sleep in a car in the cold. Uh, uh, Jacko was in the front. Shout out to Jacko, by the way. Um, Jacko was in the front, like sitting up with the chair, kind of like leaned back a little bit, and I was sleeping in the back seat. But my my feet were touching the window because you know, like you can't get the oh, extension yeah. on the legs. So you like, I was like, I was like trying to get comfortable, and then I was just like so tired because we'd been hiking or whatever, and my feet were touching the glass window, and but and obviously through that little thin sleeping bag. But I had my feet touching that window, and <laughs> I woke up and I was just like, oh no, like. I swear I've got frostbite here. Like my feet were so numb and like I couldn't really feel them. And I, I woke up and I was like, Jacko, like check my feet out, check my feet out. Luckily I didn't have frostbite, but oh man, it was it was pretty rough. And then obviously after that, I learned to just sleep sitting up. <laughs> it was a pretty rough, but man, it was it was a great trip. Man, two things came two things came to mind when you were saying that. Like. I don't know if I actually told you this. When I went to Tomorrowland in Belgium, for, like when I was in Europe, um, I went to Decathlon as well. And I was also trying to get something hella cheap from Decathlon, but it was a tent. Like I didn't bring a tent to Europe because I was, you know, we were staying in hostels and, and backpackers. But we went, I needed a tent for Tomorrowland, which I didn't know like until the day before. And I checked my ticket and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm in camping. And my mates are like, well, that means you have to bring a tent. I'm like, no, don't they provide the tent for me? Like... And they're like, no, the camping area, they don't just set up a tent for you and be like, here's your tent, Ryan, ticket number 500. So I was like, oh, what? So I didn't, I didn't know that. Like, so I had to go to Decathlon and like every Decathlon, like within, you know, a 50 mile radius of Tomorrowland has just been wiped out of everything. And I go in there and I'm like, oh, yes, no way, last tent. And I think I've gotten like super lucky on this last little tent. I'm like, oh, it's the cheap one too. And I'm like, what idiots, like they left this. Fast forward a day, we're in, and it was real like lightweight too. So I was like, man, this thing's the bomb. And so we take it, we get there, they go to the camp, the, the cabin area because they had tickets for a cabin and I went to camping and I set it up and I was looking at it and I was like, that's, is that right? And it was really easy to set up. It was like color coded, like red, had like red and yellow poles. And I was like, this is like a kid's tent. Like, and it was a kid's tent. Like when I set it up, it was like, 1.1 meters long and I was like no no I'd bought a kid's tent and that's why it was like the only tent left so I had to like sleep at like a I'd say close to like a 35 or a, like a, a 45 degree angle like on my bags inside this tent for like a three-day EDM festival it was such a mess like <laughs> oh man good, good times good times on those early days yeah Decathlon. I feel like you get away with more when you're a bit younger like you know like 20 years old 21 years old like you had a little bit more uh i don't know you could get away with a bit more like like examples like that you just like, yeah. don't really care like if you can sleep you if you sleep in a 45 degree angle and you just wake up and the tent's completely trash you could kind of just like yeah not really care you had a bit more reckless stamina yeah definitely do you feel like as your as your travel experience gets more as you sort of get more well, get more experience that like the the adventures you're planning are getting more hectic to me it definitely seems like that like the bike trip in new zealand iceland in a car like do you feel like things are ramping up where you're trying to step away from traditional travel uh sorry man i think i think either i or you cut out at the start of that but i think the question was like trips are ramping up 
getting a bit more hectic or is that the question yeah pretty much do you think like do you want to sort of step away from traditional travel at the more you travel um i don't know man i don't really like to you know like put like i don't know put a label on kind of travel that that i do i guess it's more mm-hmm. uh, i guess like, i i think it's definitely like location dependent like i um you know, if like I want to go to a certain country or me and Haley like really like the experiences available there, then that's what we're going to do. And we'll try and, you know, like, you know, we'll see what's up there. But I know what you mean about how, you know, like you're always getting, like getting, you get that taste for like really raw adventure and you really want to go out there and, um, you know, like challenge yourself. And I think, I think for me, um, especially, uh, the challenge side of things is a, is a big thing. Um, but I don't really, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard question to say. Like, I don't, like, sometimes I still enjoy those, like, cliche travel, you know, like, things like, you know, like, if you go to, um, for example, um, go to the I don't beach. know, like, up here in Cairns, like, what's, 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 like, a typical thing to do up here? And it's just like, oh, go to the rail or something like that. Like, we did that the other week, and it was just like, it was awesome. Like, and I don't, I don't like to, to, to just, mm. fret, like, stay away from, typical travel experiences just because people think it's just like i don't know not hardcore enough but at the same time those really raw like um really raw like challenges um i really 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 push me as well like um like you mentioned that bike trip um you know like when we sailed sailed on on the east coast of oz that was pretty um pretty challenging as well but yeah i think um i think me and you have spoken about it as well uh, like we're really um i'm definitely itching for one of those like really um really challenging travel experiences yeah not even more challenge not even more tra- travel more like just i don't know adventure <laughs> yeah could be anywhere just really something like a big challenge you know yeah definitely no no yeah for sure i know what you mean i don't, I don't like to turn my nose up at at any experience either like even if it's something as small as like trying a local dish that someone says oh you've got to eat this in this place it's like yeah well i'll i'll try it out but I guess I was sort of more meant like um, maybe like your thinking of like your capabilities has changed as you've traveled as well. Like your your comfort zone's definitely grown and like your fascination is still there. You're still just as like optimistic about the the little things as the big things, which is like, I think I think sometimes it's it's easy if you do something too much to get like a little bit like desensitized. And I hate to admit that I've had like moments where I have had that, where I've gotten almost like worn out from being on the road so long that I need have needed to take like a day or two somewhere to almost like reset and be like man you got to like soak this in more and slow down or not rush or not think in the future or not think of like like I'll give you an example I took uh how long was it it was bonkers it was like a 28 hour bus um that went uh from oh where was it I think it went from like Guatemala to Panama or something like it was so long like and it just went through um through Nicaragua through Costa Rica and then got me to Panama so I could um get down to Honduras and do some diving or something like that and I just remember being on this bus like flying through these countries and I was like oh why am I like why did I decide to get this 28 hour bus and not actually stop off and break it up a little bit like I don't have to be there now you know what I mean but I just convinced myself at the start like oh get there as quick as you can like do as much diving as you can um 
so yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's easy to get a bit desensitized, but um, do you reckon the blog is having a good impact for that, for you to like always keep alert and stay focused and like really be in tune with what's around you and keep that like almost like youthful enthusiasm? Uh, yeah, definitely, man. Um, I'm also, I'm also obviously like when you're traveling full time for a long time, uh, I think everybody who lives that kind of lifestyle is, is guilty of, you know, becoming desensitized to like the little things, I guess, like you mentioned, um, like, uh, I guess, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like when you, when you've gone that first, um, like a first big trip or like a, or like the two, the slice of a two week holiday you get to go for any, in a year, like that is all like so so incredible and so mind-blowing yeah and then like i guess if you do that every single day you do become desensitized to it but um i think yeah like you mentioned i think the blog does um freshen that up a little bit because i'm constantly challenged to um you know to look to create you know cool inspiring content for, for other travelers like i can put myself in in, in those people's shoes you know it's like for, for example like if i'm in a destination and um you know like I could imagine if, even if I'm there for a couple of months and I got a lot of time to, you know, to relax and, um, to really soak it in, but then I can, you know, when I'm writing, um, my audience might be people that are only visiting this place for like two days. So yeah, you've got to cram it in really cool things to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I could like, um, I don't know. I kind of like try and put myself, um, into the eyes of, into those sort of eyes, you know, to see things, um, in an exciting and fresh light. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think, yeah. No, that's really yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at like keeping that um I feel like sometimes with travel and you know the people say there's a, a difference between a traveler and a tourist but like sometimes it it really does it doesn't matter like you can be a tourist and like have just as much fun as someone who considers them self a traveler or this or that there's no like right or wrong way to travel and doing like the short term things is just as exciting as doing the long term things for sure Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. I just, I think people like, I don't like to put a label on on anything really. I just, you know, if people enjoy some kind of thing or see it in a certain way, that that's awesome. Yeah. Do you feel like um, the blog for you has been a good uh, like foundation to make you be more attentive to what's going on around you as well? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So uh, obviously like the photography turn like... Um, really ties into that as well um yeah really like keeping your eye open and trying you know like build your creative creative eye i guess um but yeah i think i think traveling itself really keeps a um, keeps that fresh like if you keep if you're in a new place all the time it's really exciting and and you know like you're always trying to like see see things in a different way and then if i'm creating content for the blog or if i'm taking photos um mm-hmm. it really i really put myself into a different mindset uh, when I'm doing that as to when I'm just like you know like obviously you have those days where you just like relaxing or you know like getting computer work done or whatever and they're they're not the days where it's just like you know like the exciting travel lifestyle they're just the days that are just like normal work but you just find yourself in a different destination yeah definitely is the is the Philippines sorry I'm a little bit fuzzy like actually with the like because I remember you were pretty like uh neck deep in the blog already by the time um we were in Sri Lanka, um, but did you start the blog way back in the Philippines? Is that where it, like what started it for you? 
Um, well, like when did We Seek Travel uh, I'd, start? I'd like, yeah, so I'd had like a lot of like kind of journal type entries, uh, kind of ideas, obviously like photo journal kind of stuff. Um, like I just had it stored for myself because I always had the plan of um, of starting like a, a travel blog or, or something similar. Um, but I think I I, def, I launched it back in. I think it was three years ago now. Uh, yeah. We're in Kota. We're doing the dive master with, with Tom. Tom Lovett. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I started the website there, and I was like creating content there and taking a lot of photos and like writing about like diving and stuff there. Um, but I'd never really, obviously, I was new to everything. I didn't know how how to start a website or how to um, how to run one, or I didn't know anything about like. SEO or anything like that so I was just kind of like playing around with it like I started one mm -hmm. I started like a website on Wix and then like I've realized wow this isn't the way to do it and then <laughs> I, I had kind of like all that content there um, and then I actually launched WeSeek Travel in Sri Lanka so I think oh, yeah I hit okay. launch on it I, I can't remember where we were but I'm pretty sure I was with you <laughs> and I hit launch on it and I already had a few um, a few blog posts and a lot of content, a lot of photos and stuff. So I pretty much just crammed it on there from day one and then just kept going. But but from there, it was really slow paced. Like I really struggled with the, I guess you'd call it work-life balance because it was more of a, mm -hmm. like a side hobby back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was more of a, um, you know, like, I don't know, like I was trying to find a purpose through travel and through photography. And I was, um, I, I was just thought, you know, this might be like a, a gateway into you know doing something with 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 my passions but um you know i was just always kind of doing it on the side uh definitely wasn't working working on it like a job or anything like that and it really took me it took me about a year and a half to really just say hey like um this is doing pretty well um i should probably focus you know a bit more of my time on it um i should probably dedicate you know like a few days to not just um, traveling all the time and adventuring so hard I should probably just have a few days where I just spend on the laptop get everything written down like work, work on the blog and you know refining that work-life balance over the far past probably about year and a half or two years is really like that, that's where the blog's really grown and I've really just settled into into this lifestyle a li little bit more dude yeah I'm, you touched on so many things just there that like were um, floating around in the back of my mind that I really yeah I know exactly what you mean by by work-life balance because um man I struggled like oh, man I'm so like unmotivated when I travel to to have the discipline to like to do that and switch off and like work on a laptop for a few days and now as I'm getting a, a bit more bit older and stuff I really I wish that's something I really wish I could have changed and not been so like flaky with like picking up something and quitting and picking up another thing and quitting and like having that discipline is like I think it really is what separates like a successful blog from a non-successful blog is like just putting the work in like there's not really a a miracle like you know what I mean it's not like it, it's always easy to look at like something like a an artist's artwork and say oh wow that's really cool but you don't look at all the work that's gone in behind the scenes so I think it's like definitely pays homage to how much work has to actually go into it like it's becomes a yeah I know what you mean like you have to you have to focus on it which I definitely definitely don't always have the focus but that's all right um and photography yeah, uh, yeah definitely man. 
photography too that's the other thing you, I like have a little notepad and I just like write things down as as you say stuff but photography is the other thing because I was having this talk just last week actually with a friend who was saying oh, um, sort of that same idea that perhaps photography is like um, you know is it taking away from a moment or is it not but then she was saying like oh no I don't think so at all like it's making me pay like more attention to what's going on and I'm I want to look at these when I'm older and be so grateful that I can like have an image in front of me of what was going down and instantly remember like the feelings and the happiness I had in that moment and what was happening and it kind of yeah it was good to hear from someone else their perspective on photography as well because like I think photography is epic like I've always loved photography and I think a good blog is like really needs to have good photography and you've pulled that off as well. Oh, cheers, man. Yeah, I think I def- I'm definitely in the uh, in the in her school of thought <laughs> with that. Uh, like, I don't know, photography's been like a big passion of mine for a long time, and I get I get it like from the other way. Like when you when you're really trying to enjoy a moment, like maybe I don't know, like if you if you're on a or on a particular tour, if you're in a city, like just trying to soak it in, and then you see this this guy just running around taking photos of everything, you just like wow, like honey, <laughs> yeah. just kind of just uh take it all in for a moment but i don't know i think if the way i see it is like when when i'm just like when i'm taking photos that's when i'm i'm pretty similar to what she, what she was saying um that's when i'm really like taking in the moment as well because you you have to have that um i guess it's kind of like the photographer's eye like you're always looking for um you know like how to frame it and you tell a story so like at the same time like when you are taking photos you're telling yourself a story you're like really diving into the situation and you're really diving into the scene or um you know the person that you photograph that you're taking photos of if you're doing like portrait or something like that like you really Mm. i don't know you're really diving into that moment and think people that look at that aren't into that world they they see that from afar and i can admit that that would it would seem like oh he's not really taking it in but i don't know from the up from the other side of the fence like when you're really in that world um it's a really it's really fulfilling and it's really um yeah. I, don't know, I, feel, I feel like i'm more connected connected presently when i'm just taking photos and you know enjoying the moment that way oh me too me too i think yeah definitely i think i was more thinking of like when we were, when i was talking to her about like the um like the shameless selfies or something, but like in a really bad, I think what gave it a bad name was like timeless, tasteless people taking a self, like I'm trying to think of a bad example. Like let's say there's like a, a beggar in a beggar in India and someone like takes a selfie of themselves with the beggar and it's like, Oh dude, like you've got to, you've got to have a bit more class than that. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I feel yeah, like, I, I get that. Man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like with everything, things just tend to like work themselves out and take on a flavor of their own. Do you think? Um, do you think we seek travel is um, has like a certain style that's unique to you and Haley and like your type of adventure? Are you trying to um, like really highlight the the professionalism of your photography as well, or you just focus more on the the writing side, or you just let what happens naturally flow out and you're pretty happy with the process. Uh, I think all of the above, to be honest, man. Yeah. Uh, like I never, I know you need to have kind of like a focus when you're doing it, but I think um, the the blog and the project has just always reflected, you know, the way that we the way that we live. Like we we um, 
you know, we've been doing this kind of thing, like taking photos and traveling and, you know, like generally adventuring for a long time. And we've been doing that through like other, other means of online income. But, um, the way, the way the, the blog is, it's pretty much just rep, rep, represent like what we do. So, um, yeah. you know, the travel side of thing, like when we get to a destination, we really like to, to do a deep dive on it. Like we don't, we don't really travel too fast paced, but pretty pretty slow in the way that we move and we really like to you know soak in the culture soak in the soak in the surrounds we really like to get you know like uh, obviously like i mentioned before we're really into the hiking and stuff like that so we really like to um you know get out and discover like different hikes different sunsets uh like the viewpoints for sunsets and and things like that and then that's pretty much just what ends up on the blog and i think that yeah. uh you know the people that end up on basic Java reading reading my guides and things like and just general um articles of pretty much people that live you know or travel in a similar lifestyle so yeah so yeah that's do you struggle with motivation at all like do you struggle with i i know you well enough that you're a mo- like super motivated guy and you you're super focused but do you ever struggle with motivating with the blog or has it got to like such a um Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, affectionate stage where you just enjoy the process so much that you don't really have to self-motivate. You actually like sitting down and working on it. Uh, no, I, I definitely struggle with motivation at times. I think I think it's more of the, like I mentioned before, like the work-life balance kind of thing of it because mm-hmm. uh, obviously when you are traveling and when you are trying to make the most of you know, every, every, when you're trying to get out there and really spend a lot of time like in outdoors hiking and stuff like that, um, it's hard to find time to, to really sit in front of the computer and just like, you know, like write articles or like um, upload photos and that sort of thing. I think I think time is the, the biggest challenge um, more so than than motivation. Um, I did struggle with motivation at the, at the start. Like I said, in the first year or so, it was kind of just like a side project. I was like, oh, um, you know, like I'll just keep a big backlog of all this stuff. Like this will be cool. Like I'll just write about it and post photos later. But that that really piled up on me. Like I had like lists of like hundreds of articles to write about and just like loads of photos. And I was like, wow, like this is not sustainable. So maybe I need to prioritize my time and, you know, dedicate a little bit more time to doing it. Um, but I don't know, I think... I don't know, you, you know me pretty well. I'm similar to you in a way where like, I kind of have like a pretty addictive personality, if that's a thing. Like I get pretty obsessed on, on things. So in terms of motivation, um, um, I'm really motivated um, to, you know, to do what I do. Um, it's just trying to find, you know, balance the time. Which I think, which I think is similar to you. Like, um, like you, you have all these ideas. Like I've never met somebody who has like these incredible ideas, but just like doesn't have the time to just put them into action how's, oh. the, how's the lockdown been like for you in terms of that like has that been beneficial for you in trying to get a lot of things done that that you wanted to do yeah i think so like it's it's hard it oh man i feel like it's hard for me to measure my own success sometimes because i'm really good i'm like my own loudest cheerleader like i'll tell myself i'm doing really good so then I'll think I'm doing really good. And I'm like, actually, I didn't get as much done today as I thought I did. So some, <laughs> some, do you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm like, I feel like I, I'm being really productive and I look back at what I've done and I'm like, oh, um, that wasn't as productive as that could have been. But, you know, that's, that's the funniest. I think this time I've 
focus more on some things and less on others. Like when I first did a, a quarantine, um, which, you know, this this could be a whole podcast on itself. Is like, I'm not going to say I suggest everyone does a two-week quarantine, but I can definitely say that I actually learnt from it and it like slowed me down a little bit in terms of placating me and not making me so hyperactive. But um, the first quarantine I did, I was super... Um, really trying to do my fitness and I was doing yoga every day um, via Skype with a friend and I was doing like these crazy like two hour workouts and I was just like, Argh! like all I cared about was fitness and that's what I wanted to do. And then um, the second quarantine I did in Canada, I was like, okay, I want to start a podcast and that's what I was more focused on and that's what I cared about. And now this time it's sort of become another thing. So I don't know if that's like a quality of me that every time I quarantine, I'm kind of looking for a new challenge or a new thing. Like I, I almost feel like some people, if they quarantined three times, they might just follow the same set pattern. You know what I mean? They might be like, okay, I want to do my workout. Then I want to do this. Then I want to read a lot or whatever. And I've done those things. Like some things I've done the same, but each time it tends to be like I picked up a new thing and this time I was really like okay I really want to publish some more or do some more writing at least so that kind of became what I was more focused on this time so I don't know it's weird I feel like the next quarantine I do whatever's like floating around in my head could be just the first thing I pluck and then I'm like okay you you're you're what we're going for (laughs) if that makes sense oh man yeah I, I think um I don't know. Have you have you checked what the world record is right now during the pandemic? Who's done the most two week lockdowns? Because I think you might be up there. I think yeah. I don't know if anyone else has done five. That's a good point. Has anyone else done that? <laughs> that's crazy, man. You've done five two week lockdowns. That's that's ten weeks like a like a, literally like a hyperbolic time chamber for for the Dragon Dragon Ball Z fans. Like you've literally just sat in a room for two weeks. <laughs> And like you said, each time you, you were focused on some, some kind of different project or some, some way to better yourself. I think, like you said, I reckon it's probably really beneficial. I think everybody should probably do it. Yeah, I've had to. Um, The thing that I've taken away the most and I'm realizing it this time around is like. It sounds kind of corny, but like getting to know myself and is the biggest one and like knowing my flaws and like going back to like the discipline thing and like sitting down and writing more or journaling more or doing a blog or like I recognize when I'm like lying to myself in terms of, like I do now whereas before like I know when I haven't worked as hard as I could have or I know when I've slacked off and like kind of been like ah, I'll get to it and I'm like hey hey you know you said you would do that that thing today or you said you were going to do 20 minute meditation because yesterday you only did 15 you know stick to your word but I recognize that more and I sort of am less more loving with myself in terms of like understanding myself but also more trying to discipline myself more in the way that I want to and like trying to be more alert to my own like uh pros and cons which I don't know maybe I would have kept rolling with some of the things that about myself that I didn't like so much if I hadn't done the quarantines, if that makes sense. Like maybe I wouldn't have had the time to be as introspective. So so for that reason, I'm kind of grateful. It's a lot of... Yeah, definitely. What, what do you think? Like, do you think it's the... Do you think it's like the lack of distractions that a lockdown facilitates? Or do you think like the lack of social, um, you know, like social engagement? Like, what do you think? What do you think 
really makes somebody have to like sit down and like work on themselves through a lockdown? Oh, that's a good question. To be honest, the first two for sure. Like I'm definitely, if there's stuff to do, if the sun's shining, I get like this weird like sunshine guilt. Like I have to go outside. So being locked inside is like good for me in a way because it tells me to like slow down. And also not like people pleasing. I think I used to people please a little bit in social gatherings and like so that, yeah, if there was a lot of social stuff to do, I'd want to hang out with them. But now I'm forced to not hang out with people. I can do more things that I want to do. But also like it sounds kind of, I won't say stupid, but I'd always wanted to do a silent retreat, for example. And I'd it was something I always wanted to do traveling. And then I realized during one of the lockdowns dude you're doing what you wanted to do you're getting like in the back of my mind had been this gnawing kind of thought that was like I'd always I'd actually been craving to have like a bit of a disconnect and a bit of space and a bit of like no white noise and I can turn everything off when I want to I can just close the computer screen no phone and stare out the window if I wanted to and and have like no distractions and I realized that oh I'd finally gotten to this place but the first thing my brain wanted to do was find a new thing to do a new thing to do but I was like no no you've promised yourself you you wanted this so why don't you enjoy enjoy it for what it is now does that kind of make sense so I like I actually had to stop and like appreciate that although lockdowns aren't great that maybe it is like what I'm meant to be what I'm meant to be doing like what I'm maybe maybe I'm where I'm meant to be kind of thing oh yeah, yeah definitely I think you're the kind of person who takes um you know like takes every situation and like sees sees the benefit through it so I think that's why as well like a big reason why you're like looking at it that way but I definitely agree with you like that kind of it's kind of like isolation and the I don't know like an example um like one one trip I did through Myanmar, I went like in the off season, um, mm-hmm. and it was like, like I, I didn't really know what to expect, but um, like I always, I've always wanted to go to the country, and the timing just lined up pretty well. But um, I guess I didn't didn't pick the t- just didn't pick pick the season quite well, and I, you know I spent like three weeks um, traveling through Myanmar, but I just didn't speak English for literally like three weeks. Like I did not meet like another another backpacker another traveler or anything like that for, for the whole time and it was just like the whole time I was just it was a solo trip as well it was like one of the most of the time I'm traveling with Haley, but like this this particular trip I was by myself and it really just made me feel um isolated but I like kind of felt like refreshed from from that isolation at the same time like I just had a lot of time to um you know like reflect on my own thoughts and like really um see like you know, like see life in a different perspective of, especially in terms of like my goals. Like I was just thinking, like, like what what am I doing? Like what what? Because you you know, like when you're living every single day, um, whether you're traveling or whether you're just like living in society and working or studying or whatever, like you always you always have one or two different distractions. You know, you never have like an hour or two um, just just to sit there and just be by yourself, like. Mm-hmm. like you would in a, in a lockdown or on a bus like on a long distance bus and you're just sitting there with no no internet no no like book, like nothing to read or anything like that and all you're alone with your own thoughts and that's like I think it's really um it's a pretty pretty like insightful insightful thing so I think I think all the people that have like been forced into lockdown I'm pretty sure it'd be interesting to find out uh how many of those people see as like a negative 
uh, like a negative experience. I'm, like, because the people that I've spoken to that have experienced like a couple of lockdowns, at least they they say, no, no, like I really benefit, benefit from it. And like you have five and you said they're pretty good. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's true. Yeah. I wouldn't, it's not like I would nominally like sign up, sign up for them again kind of thing, but I've just like not push them away if that makes sense like I just rolled the punches and obviously coming back from Canada I needed to do one so I was like you know what I mean I wasn't gonna like it like for example I wasn't gonna wait to to come back to can from Canada or like go to Mexico and ride out the storm until there was no quarantine like that wasn't really the quarantine wasn't scaring me in that way if that makes sense yeah yeah you're seasoned now so it's all good yeah 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 it's it's definitely interesting it yeah I feel like a lot of people, like, if they do quarantine or they go travel or, like, get step out of their comfort zone in general, actually, is, like, it's the perfect opportunity for them to realise maybe they're a little bit more, like, mentally strong and a little bit more galvanised um, with themselves than what they first thought. So, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it, but I also would just say, like, it's, you don't have to fear it, for sure. Have you done one yet? Uh, when I got back to Australia from that um, that initial um, New Zealand scare, I had to do one, but it wasn't like a pro- yeah from New Zealand. That, but it wasn't really like a typical um, hotel lockdown like you did now. Like oh, okay. Spent the time in house, like so it wasn't really the same thing. But it, I guess the hardest part was just not being able to really go outside and do anything. It wasn't really that hard though. Yeah. But imagine being cooped up in a hotel with no with no like no one to speak to and. That would be a lot harder. Yeah. See, okay. For example, I would like this would be twice as good. Like I've already, I already don't mind it. But if I had like a yard with a boxing bag and weights and like a swimming pool, <laughs> like if I was like locked in like a little playground for two months, I feel like that would be really, really cool. Where you could actually do stuff and like, <laughs> like if you wanted to, they you could have a bow and arrow, or if you wanted to, you could have like a pottery wheel or. You know what I mean? You could just lock yourself in and just do like arts and crafts and actually have sunshine and fresh air and like that would be like the the rat park of of the quarantines. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what rat yeah, park it might is? Become a new niche. Might become a new niche industry for people if these these things continue happening. People yeah. would just be like, no, I've got the best quarantine hotel. I've got like an in-house cinema. I've got like a calisthenics workout center. Yeah. It almost feels like that's what the point of becoming super rich is. It's to like build this house where you can retreat from the world and be like, have everything you want. That's kind of, it almost feels like that's what the, the, the mega rich are doing. They're just making these like Uber pads with all the toys and, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> is that Hayley? No, no, she's, she's oh. teaching actually at the moment. So she's, um, she we usually worked she usually worked on sundays and mondays but um, yeah. due to the new chinese um uh legislation they've made it so that uh online teachers um or international online teachers uh can't teach chinese students so she's she's pretty much lost her job for, in, in the chinese market but i'm sure she'll find something else but for the meantime i think they're easing them out um during during weekdays so apparently they're not allowed to teach on weekends but Okay. Um, I think she's going to ride out a couple more weeks um, teaching during the week and then I think she's going to try and uh, find some more online work but there's plenty plenty around so I don't think she's stressed about it yeah 
Do you feel like um, what's what's been your biggest challenge with earning money online? Because I feel like passive income. Well, che- teaching online is not quite passive, but you get what I'm saying. Um, do you feel like with teaching online has that been what's been the biggest challenge with like making a solid enough revenue with that? Is it finding stable enough work, or is it more just a matter of like finding what's you're passionate about and like making that work? Um, yeah, yeah, there's, I don't know, I've been, uh, before I was, you know, running the blog and doing my own thing in terms of like photography and stuff like that, I took, I took a pretty deep dive into like every single option mm-hmm. available to, you know, to be able to work, to be able to work online. Um, so we, the first job that we got was, or me and Haley, we got an online teaching job and that was, that was really awesome, like you mentioned, because of the stability. So, like, one of the hardest parts about online work is the um, is the factor of a, a stable income. So, like, you know what to expect at the end of the week. So, I think that's that's a comforting factor for a lot of people in their in their jobs, you know, day to day in 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 regular society, is that you know, like, they go to work at seven a.m. and they come home at four, or like, and then yeah. at the end of the week they get you know the same paycheck. They know how to budget, and and that's really comforting to them. And I think when you when first stepped into online work, that was something that we were really looking for. Like we were like, wow, like if one week we couldn't, you know, earn enough money to keep us keep us afloat, that would like ruin us. But um, in reality, it's not really like that. Like once you learn how to budget and once you learn how to, you know, like um, manage your work and your spendings, it's not as it's not as crazy as people or as most people really usually think that online teaching was was really good like i mentioned because it's stable so they give you or most companies they give you like a a set a set roster uh set students and at the end of the week you know what you know what to kind of expect um but then i also did a couple of different jobs like for instance one was like a seo copywriting kind of kind of thing just writing like niche articles for a website and that was kind of like a um, pay like you get paid for the work you do which is something that I'm more attracted to rather than like an hourly wage I don't mm-hmm. I don't know why but I kind of like the idea of like this is the job you've done and this is you know you're going to get paid for that rather than this is the time that you've spent on it and that's what you get paid for yeah I don't know okay. that's just the, I guess the way I I prefer it that way um so I did that and that I preferred that a little bit more um but then obviously now like with the blog and stuff like that just trying to build a passive income that's that's definitely um the way that i definitely want to try and and grow in terms of like a career i don't really see it as a career but in terms of making a living like i like the idea of that you put in the time now you're not really selling the hours like put it this way like for instance i don't know i always think about it this way um like you've got a certain amount of hours, um, like you're born, you have a certain amount of hours or days or whatever on on the earth, and um, you're going to get a job and you're going to be paid casually per hour. Maybe you get like fifteen dollars an hour. So you're selling the way I see it, the way I've always seen it when I was working casual jobs. Um, I was always seeing it like, okay, I'm selling my hours that I have for fifteen dollars, but I feel like it's my time is worth more than that. But but like now I see it as okay, what if I focus my energy on something that I'm really passionate about and then, um, you know, I'd be rewarded for that in the future, like for day, for years and possibly even decades to come. So, like, I think I think that's definitely the way 
that's the reason why you know I fell in love with this kind of lifestyle and the way um, the way passive income can really be like rewarding in in, in more terms than just money. Yeah, know, definitely. Does that make sense? No, it does, man, for sure. And like, I know what you mean about getting paid for something when you've done the work. It's kind of like, it's more about if you need the money, then you go after it rather than having to like clock in and clock out when when someone else gives you a roster kind of thing. You're like, oh, well, money's running low. Like, I'll go bank up again. So you go and write an article and, and figure it out. But no, I totally, man, yeah, it's it's admirable that you have that view of your time because I feel like it's, it's yeah, we we really do only get a, cer- a certain amount of time. And man, man, I know what you, I know what you mean about something only being worth 15, oh, sorry, your time being worth more than 15 bucks an hour. I was thinking the same thing when I was like delivering pizzas, you know, when I first got my P's, uh, like my license. And yeah, you had the, a similar job. It's like a kind of coming of age ritual when you're younger, you get a, a first job. But I would all I would want to do is just take work off because I was like, man, I couldn't care if I earned $100 in this six-hour shift with tips. I think tonight will be funner than $100. So like I was so bad for that as well. Like I, I would rate like how much fun something would seem if it was work would be better than that so i know what you mean um what do you reckon oh, for was... sure i think a lot of people think that. yeah definitely definitely and it's cool to see that there's like a, there is a bit of a movement even with like young people like my millenn- uh, millennials sorry millennials oh those slipper snappers um like 18 year olds and 17 year olds and stuff trying to make websites and learning to code and like i don't know i love it it i I think the young, the next generation cops so much slack um, from our generation and other older generations for being like, oh, look at how messed up they are on TikTok and stuff. And I was like, man, I remember when we were all planking, like people were planking and taking photos. It's like nothing's changed. We've just, they've just got way more ways to like do dances and make art and make little videos and comedy snippets. And like kids have always done that, you know, and I think things will right themselves in the end and. I don't know, I'm just on a mad ramble right now, but yeah, that's pretty much it. No, no for, sh- for sure, man. And I think, I think like the the generation that, or like the the time that we're living in, it's just like crazy in terms of opportunities. It is, yeah. Like especially because of the internet. Like you can literally uh, buy yourself like work and invest in a laptop and then like it's literally like a window into like endless opportunities to earn to earn enough money to, to make do. And I think there's been a huge cultural shift um uh or democratic democratic shift in the in the way that you know younger people see um see money or see time or see work like i think a lot of people now mm. especially especially in australia a lot of like you know a lot of people have admitted or you know kind of accepted the fact that a house isn't like buying a house and buying like a really nice car isn't attainable like they just have like a more realistic view of it and just see wow like i have to lock into a 30-year mortgage that i will probably never pay off and maybe my kids will end up having to deal with or i could just you know pursue something that i'm passionate about and then all of a sudden um there's this you know like this whole new world of being able to earn an income through the internet and a lot of those uh, avenues of income actually are more rewarding as well because that you know you can like um, chase your passions for example like you know like photography or videography or coding or um, just I don't know more creative arts and then more creative skills and they're just rewarded like for example like the NFT movement right now is just 
insane. Like I, I saw an article the other day about a, um, I think it was a 13 year old kid and he was on summer vacation in, I think he was Canadian. He was like a Canadian kid on, on summer vacation and he earned uh, $400,000 during his holiday um, from just creating NFTs online and selling them. And that was just what he's been doing for a long time. He's just always been like creating digital art and now he's just like making absolute killing from it. So I think that's just a good example of, you know, like there's just, it's just a new world. Yeah, there's always like new ways to grow and and like tune in and, and fund. There's always new ways to make an income, definitely. Yeah. But you got to, I feel like the first step in that process is actually just being open to it. Like not pushing it away is like just being open to the idea of, of, earning an income other than a traditional nine to five and and even even keeping a nine to five but just doing and even if it's not about money but just being open to like yeah creating art or creating a blog or doing anything online for that matter if you like if you want to do it then don't be afraid of it i guess is what i'm getting at like the space is moving super quick so it can seem like intimidating but i think it's good to tune in yeah, for sure. And I don't want to take away from like people that have found like their thing and that that's their, that's their job. And that's like the regular, um, you know, like mainstream kind of career path, because like, if you find something that you're really passionate about, that's, I've always seen that as like a life hack, I guess (laughs) you can like do what you love and get paid for it. Like, that's insane. Like the way I've always, um, seen work is just like, man, like I'm watching the clock and I'm watching the seconds tick away and I'm just like going crazy but if you find something that like you really love doing man that's that's the best thing ever i couldn't imagine anything better yeah for sure like yeah yeah like doctors and nurses and stuff that actually want to help people and they work super hard and they achieve their goals and then they're walking around in the hospital just i couldn't even imagine how fulfilling that would be to actually just have that manifest after so hard like so long of work and and study and everything I was going to ask you um, before we wrapped up because we're, we're closing in, closing in real fast on that 60-minute mark mm-hmm. uh, about your guidebook. Shit. And <laughs> yeah, it goes quick, eh? Um, I wanted to, yeah. wanted to ask about your guidebook and um, what was the biggest learning curve you've had in terms of starting the blog and then transitioning into writing a, an actual guidebook on trekking? Like what's the biggest challenge been? And, yeah. Uh, the biggest challenge transitioning um i think the the trekking book that i published last year was um it was kind of like an extension of what i was kind of already doing i was just trying to pursue like a different avenue like i've always you know like i've always been a writer i've always been you know like i've always kept Mm -hmm. notes kept like um journals of what i've been doing and like now i'm you know running the blog and stuff like that and um a challenge transitioning to you know like the the ebooks side of things was definitely just the way that you know like the publishing world works uh i like the freedom that blogging um allows you like you know you can just literally write whatever you want hit publish and you're done um transitioning to like publishing books and um, and ebooks and stuff like that is is more of the the marketing side of things like the you know how is my how am I going to get this book out there you know like how mm-hmm. is this going to be accepted by by publishers and stuff like that that was definitely a challenge but um, it's definitely something that I want to keep doing like um, I think it's um, you know I really really enjoyed writing that one and um, and it was it was really it was really good um, 
good to refine my writing style as well because it was uh, involved a lot more editing than I'm used to. Like a lot, a lot of the time, I'm just like publishing articles. I, I do a read through, and it's more about my my personal experience. Where this book was really, um, it was a, obviously a lot more editing involved and um, really trying to refine it for the reader. But how much time do we have left, Ryan? Uh, like four minutes. I was going to ask you about about your book. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to discuss it on the podcast yet. No, I haven't actually, but yeah, what did you want to know? I don't know. What do you think? Like before, obviously you hadn't, this is the first book that you've, that you've um, got out there. Um, how did you find the experience of trying to um, enter the world of, of publishing and, you know, what was the challenge that, that you found? Uh, to be honest, I felt like I kind of cheated in that like I already had the book pretty much typed up because I'd kept it in a note like I kept notes in my phone as my journal so to make the actual book all I had to do was like more or less copy and paste it into copy and paste it email it to myself and then I had the transcript and then I just you know went and elaborated more on on what I was talking about so for me it was a really good intro to like an ebook because I wasn't super intimidated by this Goliath task I'd already had like the, the the frame that I could work off but the publishing side like man Amazon is they've really set it out to make it pretty easy like you literally just upload the manuscript in terms of the uploading side I mean you literally just upload the manuscript you know um, have a title made and then and, and put it out there but um, I think for me the biggest thing would be to work on more marketing you like learn how all that works and stuff but no, it was good, man. It was a really fun, creative process. And actually, it's it's weird. Writing, even in that format, is one of the only times I find myself where I'm like actually focused for hours and hours on end without a break. Like I could I could sit there and reread, like I would proofread it and then I would, or I'd start and like be writing and fluffing, you know, fluffing it up to, to read like it actually happened. Then I would go to the next paragraph, make that actually read like it actually happened and I was like wow I've just been sitting down and working on this for like four hours whereas there's very few things in life I found where I was able to do that oh for sure I think you found your one of your passions mate (laughs) do you reckon lockdown was do you reckon lockdown was um um was helpful in that process definitely yeah that's for sure man yeah this time around was I I kind of told myself don't like leave lockdown without something physical like something like to to walk away with feeling like I haven't achieved anything in lockdown so it was nice to like to do that to make the book and be like okay this lockdown actually has like a time stamp now yeah we've got like one minute left man is there anything you want to anything you want to say to any aspiring bloggers or people who want to make money while they travel any advice um any advice I think if you I don't know I don't know if I'm the kind of person to be given advice but if you I don't know I think the most important thing is just to do what you're passionate about if you've got some kind of passion whether it be like writing or um, trying to get like a podcast out there or blogging or whatever you want to do just keep doing it like you never the instant gratification um, culture that we're that we've got right now is like a, a big problem I think and it deters a lot of people um, so I think if you're really passionate about something and you 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 know you ask yourself is this what I want to do, uh, then just 
literally just <laughs> go go ham on it just keep doing it just keep making things keep getting better keep refining your your craft and then um the universe will align and you will you'll succeed no matter what that's what i believe keep hammering keep grinding keep working that's the <laughs> that's the key <laughs> <laughs>